Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Wednesday, May 17th, and we've got a little bit of news for you this morning. Yesterday, during the debt ceiling talks at the White House, President Joe Biden agreed to a key demand by Speaker Kevin McCarthy to shrink the size of the negotiating table. McCarthy has been complaining that there are too many cooks in the kitchen with congressional leaders from both parties and both sides of the rotunda cramming into a room with all their aides, and basically he wanted Biden to commit to negotiating with him directly. Biden agreed, and both sides designated people who are going to be hammering out this deal. Well, this morning we can report that those designees actually met on Capitol Hill last night to begin working on something specific. So on the Democratic side, Biden chose White House Counselor Steve Ricchetti, OMB Director Shalanda Young, and Legislative Affairs Director Louisa Terrell to lead the talks for him. Notably, we were hearing from Republicans on the Hill that they were happy with these names that he picked, especially Rochetti. And in fact, I was leaving the Capitol yesterday afternoon when these lawmakers were at the White House having this discussion, and the Republicans said to me specifically that he wanted Rochetti to get involved. So he got his wish. On the GOP side, McCarthy has picked his recent wingman, Garrett Graves, who you might remember this name. He helped him actually nail down the votes to become speaker in January. And he's also been overseeing the, quote, five families meetings. That's the meetings where the warring caucuses of the House Republican Conference get together and sort of duke out their disagreements in private. Some more news on the debt ceiling this morning. Specifically, a word on McCarthy's, quote, red line on talks. Yesterday afternoon, there was some news when McCarthy told reporters that work requirements were a red line for him in the negotiations. As you'll remember, Republicans' debt ceiling bill that passed out of the House just a couple of weeks ago included a requirement that able-bodied adults work a certain amount of hours in order to receive food stamps and other sort of benefits from the federal government to to help them. And McCarthy said he's got to have something on that. And that's always been a no-no for Democrats. Eugene told you earlier this week that Biden freaked out a whole bunch of Democrats when he suggested that perhaps he would be open to work requirements for food stamps and temporary assistance for needy families, a program dubbed TANF for short. Well, this morning, we can say that the White House appears to be taking that off the table completely. We got a statement last night from a White House spokesman who pointed out that Republicans couldn't even pass these policies when they controlled Congress themselves. And that is true. They did try to beef up work requirements and were unable to get it through both chambers of Congress back when they controlled all the levers of government. The statement also says that Biden is going to be fighting to ensure that work requirements are not part of any bipartisan budget negotiation. And I will say this pushback on McCarthy's, quote, red line also comes as Republicans themselves are sort of questioning that. Yesterday, after he said he needed work requirements, I went and talked to a bunch of moderate Republicans on the Hill to ask whether they could back an agreement that didn't include work requirements, but did include stuff like spending caps or a permitting reform agreement or recouping COVID funds, some of these other Republican provisions that were in the GOP debt ceiling bill. And what I heard from a lot of these moderate Republicans was that work requirements was not a red line for them. So it appears that on this issue, McCarthy doesn't even have his conference unified. So we'll see how that plays out in the next couple of days. Now on to a totally different topic. Democrats open a Pandora's box on George Santos and expulsion. Way back in early 2021, when House Democrats were talking about kicking Marjorie Taylor Greene off her committees, some of their members privately told me that they were worried this move could backfire. Up until this point, there was sort of this 
unspoken agreement that each party had the prerogative to determine its own membership committee assignments. The other side had no say in it whatsoever. And if a lawmaker stepped out of line or got in trouble, it was up to their own party to punish them and take them off the committee. Well, some Democrats were privately worried that if they kicked Marjorie Taylor Greene off her committee, in the future, Republicans might come after them. And that fear of a slippery slope was actually pretty well-founded. You'll recall a couple of months ago when Republicans took the House, they kicked Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and Ilhan Omar off their panels. Well, now Democrats are once again threatening to open this Pandora's box. Democratic leaders yesterday blessed a move by freshman Democrat Robert Garcia to force a vote to expel George Santos, who was recently indicted for multiple felony charges. Sure, I think a lot of Democrats and Let's be honest, a lot of Republicans, too, will say he richly deserves this. I mean, he fabricated much of his life story, he lied to his constituents, and now he's been charged with misusing campaign funds, falsifying his financial disclosure forms, and a bunch of other things that, frankly, we can't keep track of. But moving to directly expel him does represent a major breach in House precedent. Typically, lawmakers who are embroiled in scandal, even those who have been charged with a crime, have the right to defend themselves and they don't face expulsion. The only two expulsions since the Civil War only happened after those lawmakers were convicted of crimes and refused to resign. I called up some senior Democrats last night to try to get a download on why they thought this was a good idea. And the response I got was that Santos warrants expulsion not just because of all the things he's done in recent years and um, all the news about all his lies, but also because he recently admitted to theft last week in a Brazilian court. He agreed to pay restitution and fines in order for an entire case to be dropped against him. And that specifically is why party leaders like Hakeem Jeffries did not try to stop their lawmakers from forcing this issue from coming to the floor. One senior Democratic aide told me that lawmakers are hearing from their constituents who really want them to expel Santos from the House. They also just think it's the right thing to do. And for the rest of your schedule today, Biden will head to Japan today for the G7 annual summit. But as the White House announced yesterday, he's going to be scrapping the second half of his previously planned eight-day-long tour in the Pacific. That's specifically so he can return to Washington for debt ceiling talks on Sunday. The Senate and the House are both in. The Banking Committee will hold a hearing on strengthening accountability at the Fed at 2.30 p.m. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough will testify before the Veterans Affairs Committee at 3. In the House, USAID Administrator Samantha Power will testify before the Foreign Affairs Committee at 2. We can also report this morning that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is going to be meeting with banking executives at 11 o'clock to try to convince them to start pressuring Republicans to agree to a bipartisan deal on the debt ceiling talks. We also have a scoop in playbook this morning about how a McCarthy-aligned outside group is going to be spending six figures on TV ad buys that are going to be running on cable news, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, basically knocking Biden for taking his time on debt ceiling negotiations. So keep an eye out for that. For an expanded schedule of everything happening today in Washington and for more reporting, check out Playbook this morning at politico.com slash playbook. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening.